Hi, welcome to another edition of Steve's Speed Shop. Steve's Speed Shop is brought to you by WarrantyWise, the UK's best warranty provider. Get a quote from them today at warrantywise.com. UK. We're brought to you by West Coast Motorcycles. They're in the business of pre-loved Harley-Davidson motorcycles. They've been at it for 35 years, and you can find them on Facebook at West Coast Motorcycles. And we're brought to you by Mini Sports. Anything and everything for the classic Mini since 1967. My guest today is a man who owns two larders. I've only got one. His name's Paul Scanlon, and 15 years ago, me and him... We're in the middle of the Atlas Mountains in a larder. He's my guest today to talk all things larder-related. Paul Scanlon. So you've got a new larder? Yeah. Well, two. <laughs> bought one. <laughs> and then, drunkenly, bought one at Glastonbury Festival on a Saturday night. Well, got into a, a bidding... What would you call it? War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... I have a theory that if... Here's, here's the app that I want to invent. Uh, for everyone's phone, uh, like a breathalyzer. Yeah. So you you breathe into your phone, and it disables eBay, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Just your phone. Just Insta- every, just well, just no, your phone. No, it, PayPal. It disables anything. You, you can well, you can do a lot of trouble with a phone call though. You can make calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do anything that obliges you to, to monetary. Monetary. Yeah, so no yeah. PayPal, no eBay, no okay. buying cars when no you're drunk. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that one. I bought an MGB, uh, a rusty MGB GT. It was at music festival in Manchester, and well, in Salford actually. And um, Palomine called and said, "I need an MGB quick." I said, "No problem." Went on eBay, but I'd had a drink. In fact, I'd had more than a drink. Yeah. And I woke up the next day and I sat straight up in bed and thought, did I put a million pound bid on that MG? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I did. But fortunately, um, I got it for I got it for a decent amount of money. But I had indeed, while drunk. I mean, not that it obliges you to buy it, because as we well know from trying to sell cars you can, yeah. via eBay, most people just go, oh, the dog pressed you down on the keyboard yeah, just, or, yeah. you know, you don't have to do no, it. No, I did 700 odd quid, but... It's the bottom foot is missing, just rust gone. So it's, it, when it turned up on the transporter, because I had it transported back from Essex, I was like, oh, maybe, yeah. So did it cost you as much to get it back from Essex as it did to buy no, it? No, you said, I can't think of the name of the, some one-way transportation thing. I got quoted about 420 quid off a local recovery company to bring it back and got it done for a fraction of that from a guy that just was doing one journey with it. Now, I know for a fact yeah. that you have a very nice BMW as your daily driver. Yes. Uh, why on earth would you want to buy not one but two larders? I love them. I love them. And, and I was in the same camp before myself and yourself travelled down to Africa in a larder Neva. I was we'll pretty come, much. Hold yeah, on. we'll come to that in a minute. Right. I was when I was um, in the same camp as everyone else, really. As far as larder Skodas, every them sort of cars were. Well, nightclub comedians used to tell jokes, well, didn't they? They'd, they'd say well, like heated rear windows to keep your hands warm while you're pushing them. How do you double the value of a Skoda Estelle? Fill it full of fuel. Yeah, they used to tell yeah. those sort of jokes. Convertible, no. convertible Skoda, a skip, skip. Yeah, yeah. I've had a Skoda Estelle. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I I've had uh, a one twenty L Estelle, and I went to a friend's. Uh, house, we then competed in uh, a regularity road rally okay. where you've got to buzz round and you've got to get to certain checkpoints by a certain time in his Porsche 356. Okay. And about halfway through the day, I turned to him and said, This drives just like the Estelle. That'll have gone down well. But it did. Yeah. The wheels were in the same place, the engine was in the yeah. same place, it made the same amount of horsepower. It drove like yeah. a Porsche 356. The sorry, sorry, Porsche 356 owners and fans, but a mid-1980s Skoda drives very much like an early 356. The, the larder is very much, and even when you get into the nuts and bolts of it and start pulling it to bits, it's a four-wheel drive, Ford Escort, Ford Cortina, now, Mark II, that's Mark One, Mark Two, Mark Three sort of thing. Yeah. Same configuration. Same. We, we must... Um, clarify at this point which larder we're talking about and we must clarify what larder is because Speed Shop 
um, is listened to around the world. I think we've said that before. Largely in the English-speaking nations of the globe. Yeah. But we're weirdly popular in Vietnam. So can I say... Yeah, we, we got some figures the other day. Right. Can I say hello to all of our <laughs> Vietnamese listeners? So... When we say larder, yeah. larder is really an invention of the UK importer. It was vast. Well, no, Cossack was. The, there were Nevers in Britain. They were, I think they were called, in Italy, they were called the, the Vassar Job. Right. And Neva is Russian for field, as right. far as I know. So the, the four-wheel drive, yeah. is it a, a Soviet military vehicle? It started off as an agricultural vehicle, right. which was that good that was taken on by the military and rolled out for them. And loads of them were exported. They've all gone back to, or the majority have gone back to um, Russia now. They've all been sort of repatriated. I did a bit of you, websites you can go on to look at numbers of cars. And the Lada Neva, there's 85, if I remember rightly, 85 left on V5 logbooks in Britain. 79 of them are on Sawns. So there's only actually six registered and taxed on the road. <laughs> So I've got, I've got, I've got two. Fingers crossed, I'll have two of. Well, I'll, I'll make the numbers eight. So yeah, I'll have two of the eight, a quarter of the cars of that model. Because my partner, uh, when she lived in Vancouver, Canada, had a Lada Riva. Yes. Which is the Fiat-based three-box Lada saloon. Yeah. Which everyone, well, a lot of people would know. Yeah. And I've now got one myself. They're a great a, a yeah. 1.3 Select. Yeah. Um, it, it came to me... I saw it on Facebook Marketplace. It was just down the road from us here in Failsworth, which is only a few miles out of the Manchester city centre. And I went along, and the story was that uh, this guy had just bought the building yeah. to turn into a body shop and um, paint shop. And in the back of the building, there were two cars that had been left there by customers of the previous business and had been sold as part of the fixtures and fittings. Yeah. And he had the uh, registration logbook for both of the cars. One was a three-litre Ford Granada. Nice. I did try to buy it yeah. off him, yeah. but he was fully aware of how much yeah. it was worth. Yeah. And the other one was this Lada 1.3 Select. What, what Select? What select. Select. Right, what I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what you got in the Select poll. You got uh, you didn't get a radio. Okay. You didn't get a driver's side rear view mirror. Okay. You didn't get a drive uh, a passenger side, side rear view yeah. mirror. You didn't get a passenger side sun blind. You only got a driver's side sun blind. So selected to lead you to believe that it'd be better. You didn't get a radio. Right. But you did get a five speed gearbox. Five speeds in your gearbox. So the British importers Yeah. Had cleverly was it car crafting Rochdale who were the people yeah, who brought yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is very close to where Paul and I are both from these guys car crafting very cleverly brought Larder in because I think Larder was the cheapest car on sale in the UK when mine was yeah. new but there was a lot of profit in each car right you know you can charge I mean look at the look at the story of sort of supercar manufacturers how many supercar manufacturers have sold a car for a hundred thousand pounds and it actually cost them a hundred and ten thousand pounds to make it many these guys were making money on those oh larders yeah. so what they'd done realizing that most british people expected a radio yeah. in a car when they bought it they had a chrome badge that said five speed made and put it where the radio should be <laughs> so that as you were driving along you'd look down and expect to turn on the radio be initially disappointed because there was no radio but then think i've got five, five speed gearbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there was just they're just a great thing to drive as well. Yeah, I did. You know what? I meant to check mine because the I've got an Elridge, uh, or the one I bought to do the initial so restoration. On. We yes. should tell people that that means it's like a ninety-two or something like that. August ninety-three onwards. Yeah, so I'm not right. sure exact registration date, but it'll be after August August ninety-three to August ninety-four at the time. Because I'm trying to think of where else in the world the registration mark on the car, the plate, tells you what year it is. I think Germany, it tells you everything, everything doesn't it? Yeah, where it was. It tells yeah, you the inside the leg number, measurements exactly. of, the, of the driver, yeah. but in Canada and the States, it's yeah. not really... No, they're just, they're just marks, aren't they? They have tanks, marks. Yeah. obviously. Yeah. But here in the UK, we had a system where 1962, they started with A, yeah. and then they worked their way all through the alphabet, then they went the other way through the alphabet, and now it's just confusing, and nobody really cares now, do they? Well, even down to the point that all Berry registration numbers were EN, and that's why the 
Mayor's car was EN1. EN1, yeah. And that's, that's where that came that's from. That's the, the first uh, EN plate. small post-industrial satellite town that yes, we both hail yes, from, yes. slightly to the north of Manchester, and from which we set off 15 years ago mm. in Len. Len the Larder. Our Larder Neva. Yeah. Um, tell people how we found Len. Len was at the side of the road. Len was abandoned, in, in, in wasn't a, he? In a sorry state. Yeah, <laughs> in a sorry state. No brake calipers, no carburetor, no... Quite a bit missing. It had been, like, animals had been at it, mm. picking things off. Mm. Back some back up to the garage. I wonder, I wonder how far Len was from death when we... Uh, he was dead. He was dead. I think he was dead, yeah. People, some people are going to find it odd that we refer to a motor vehicle as though it was a person, and yet other people are going to think it's totally understandable. Len, Len was a person. <laughs> to us, this car yeah. was 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 an animate thing that yes, had a personality yeah, yeah, yeah. and a soul, and which you know. Well, the registration number was L twenty three BFV, the big friendly vehicle, as big it was known vehicle. with every, by everyone else that travelled with us, the big, big friendly vehicle, because it was well, always it, there to help people. Yeah, because it was all, exactly because it dragged th- this this much derided Soviet utility vehicle proved that when the going got tough, that when others failed, yeah. it would continue to it, to plough on and to indeed drag others out of impossible situations. Uh, hence, the big friendly vehicle. Yeah. So, I'd read about this chap who, I think we both know, Julian Julian Knoll, who'd had an idea, and and I really, I was really gripped by by Julian's initial idea, and and why, how how it came to be, because he told me that he'd seen a report about the Paris-Dakar rally that had said that Mitsubishi was spending a million dollars US a day to compete in the Paris-Dakar rally. Right, okay. And he thought, here was something that was created because um, Terry Sabine, the guy that created the Paris-Dakar, yeah. was a really inclusive guy. He was The whole point of Paris-Dakar was to bring adventure to ordinary people. Right. When you see the first... The first Paris-Dakar was just motorbikes. Yeah. And when you see the footage of it... I, re- I watched a documentary about uh, Paris-Dakar recently. Yeah. When you see them setting off on the first Paris-Dakar, it's like just some lads setting off for a ride. On motorbikes. <laughs> on yeah, motorbikes, yeah. yeah. See how far we can Impossibly get. adventurous. Yeah. But also not all about money. Yeah, In fact, right, the yeah. opposite. Not about money. Not about, you yeah. know... Your budget um, wasn't winning it. No, it was, it was yeah. the the point was let's go and have an adventure as yeah. cheaply as we can. We'll do it on motorbikes. We'll go to Africa, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So when Julian saw that, he thought, "What about getting back to the original idea of the Paris Dakar to bring adventure to ordinary people?" Which yeah. is how I ended up coming to see you and saying, "Let's go to Africa in a daft old car." Well, I think your choices at the time, if I remember rightly, were a financial advisor, a nightclub owner, or myself, the mechanic who you had on the table as far as the, the choices of co-driver. It was also a lot <clears> to do with personality because I I, I am quite excitable, as the people yeah. who listen to the show would, would realise, um, and impulsive. Yeah. Whereas I'd known you for quite a long time and knew you as a very level-headed yeah. guy. Yeah. And I thought, please don't take this the wrong way, I sort of looked at you in the same way I might look at the perspective... Uh, partner okay. in terms of the worst thing I can think of in his relationship is two me's. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need somebody who's got the sort of qualities yeah, that you have yeah. had. Yeah, yin and yang, exactly. So um, I've got to credit another guy uh, at this point, John yeah. Carroll. Right. Who's uh, another motoring journalist, known to me as Kaz, uh, previously the editor of Backstreet Heroes, which is Britain's best selling custom uh, motorcycle magazine, and had also been the editor of Land Rover International right. magazine because uh, I thought we'd need an off-road vehicle yeah. but the, the rules of the event said you couldn't spend more than £500 on the car. This was was it 100 quid. Was it 100 100 quid, yeah. Right. £25 to do it up. Now right. that was more so that at the end of it you had to give it away to a charity auction and Go and spend £2,000 if you want. Go and spend £10,000. Yeah. But you'll be giving it away at the end. You sign yeah, into you'll the You'll be giving it away. So it's just a, a just be aware, don't spend too much. Like we, yeah. Well, I thought we'd just get a rusty old Land Rover. Yeah. Because, you know, I'd read those books about the long range desert group and all that sort of yeah. stuff and, and the origins of the SAS and how they took Land Rovers into the 
far reaches of the of the desert and and how the Land Rovers held up and they were the only vehicle that would take that kind of battering. Yeah, you, you're pulling a face yeah, on yeah. that. And I don't think I, we'd have made it in a Land Rover. No. I really don't. Well, here's the thing. I phoned Kaz, yeah. and I said, Kaz, I'm going to do this thing, do this trip and whatnot. And um, he said, you want a Lord of Neva? Yeah. said, you want a Lord of Neva? He said, have a look at the specification. Yeah. And, um, and then, if you can't find one, get back to me. And the strangest thing was, within... Within a couple of days of that, we'd found Lane abandoned yeah. at the side of the road. Yeah. yeah. Applied for the logbook, approached the old owner, didn't get any, well, just to say, look, it, can we have your car? Never came back to us, so that was the... We'll come back to that in a minute. Um, what about preparing the vehicle for the event? What what, what did you think of... Because... Of, like we've said, the vehicles had a terrible reputation in the UK. Yeah. If you watched a TV quiz show, they'd always be giving away a larder because it was the only car that was underneath the price point. There were laws in the UK. Yeah. You know, that's why we never had, it's the $64,000 question because you couldn't give away £64,000 in the UK. I think the cap was something like £5,000. Right. A price couldn't be worth more than that in any kind of TV oh, right. TV show. And the only car that you could get <laughs> was a lot. Right, okay. So they were they were kind of a running joke. So yeah. on a day-to-day basis, working in a busy garage here in Manchester, you'd be working on all kinds of prestige vehicles. I mean, I used to drive past your place and see Porsches, BMWs. Your dad was a huge Mercedes man. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you were working on some of the best vehicles. Yeah. So when I turn up um, and we drag this larder back to your shop, when you started to work on it, what did it? Did you think, oh, this is rubbish, or this is? Oh, the, what, what was your what was your impression of the vehicle? And it wasn't the vehicle; it was the madness of the journey, knowing what was ahead of us. It was it was, and we got the. I think it was the late October, and we were December uh, Boxing Day setting off. So we only had there was a finite amount of time. Parts were still ish available for it. But there was welding to be done. It had to get through an MLC because we had to drive it in Britain to get it to the border, well, to get it to France. Or um, yeah, we had to go about three hundred miles in the UK. Yeah, so to it get to, to be, the had to, to be rolled legal for yeah. that as much as it did once we entered Europe as well. But not really as you know, you nearly wing it over the. So there was welding to be done. There was change all the fluids. Just make sure it ran. There was no carburetor on when we got it, so we found a carburetor. Got that going. The brakes weren't working, so it, it was. The six weeks between getting the vehicle and setting off were very quickly, and of course working as well. It wasn't a, something yeah. where I could park everything else up and just concentrate. Welding in brackets to hold jerry cans, just so we had a bit of fuel reserve in it, and just the nuts and bolts practicalities of trying to, like taking anything with you. I took a toolkit, but taking any spare parts with you, you might as well go and do the numbers for the lottery, because if you could guess what was going to break down on a 4,000 mile journey and have it in the back of the car to go oh well I brought one of those on a car that was 13 12, 13 years old and had been abandoned at the side of the road yeah yeah. you'd you'd struggle because at the well the only thing that really went wrong was the rear diff seizing Losing the rear diff. <laughs> yeah, but that was just because we dragged so many people out of the. It was. It was. Yeah, the there was uh, cause sand cause dunes I'd, and whatnot. I've used uh, oh, what was it? The oil conditioning in all the gearboxes, the diffs, the engine. Everything had been new fluids and everything. I remember driving along about a day before um, the diff went, and it was either yourself or Jeff, one of the other lads that travelled with us, who sat next to me. And I turned around to him and said, "I hope that diff's whistling because it's happy." <laughs> Just and when it went, it was like someone had grabbed the handbrake with both hands and just pulled it to the roof lining, and the cars behind us were just shooting left and right as not to hit us in the desert. But it was yeah. But what about what about the way it was put together? Did you see? Did you see why they did things, or did you think this is just utility? This has just been made brutally simple, brutally simple. Just everything as like modern vehicles today. You look at them and go, why have they done that? Why is it like we were saying earlier? Headlamps on some cars, headlamp well, bulbs. Yeah, on some I, cars. I see you posting yeah. on Instagram or whatever. You'll put up a picture. And you're working on a daily basis in your busy garage yeah. on modern cars, yeah. and you'll put up a post and say, "All this to replace a headlamp." And yeah. you had—I I forget what it was. It might have been a Mercedes or a, a Porsche. 
you had the whole front of the car off, yeah. and that was to replace a headlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is. It's, it's hours of work. Yeah. Gone are the days of just knit down and we'll stick a bulb in for you because it is. Oh, what car have you got? Oh, all right, well you have to book it in because we need to, you know, two or three hours on that. Well, it's a bulb. Well, yeah, but we didn't put it together. But we know how to replace it. But this is what we have to do. Yeah, and it is. But the they were underneath to look at them. They're very much. They look. Or the same configuration of your early Fords, like I said before. They, they right. just that. Do you think they they, they, they were influenced by early Absolutely. Fords? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. The back end is pretty much the same. The, the way the axles put on is pretty much the same as your Mark II Escort. Mark I, Mark II Escorts. Just the same configuration. Prop shaft up. Obviously, it's got four-wheel drive, so it's got transfer box and another gearbox, uh, a front diff as well. But even the engine, inline engine, gearbox bolted on the back, mounted the same on the engine mounted. The front end, the suspension set up slightly different because it's uh, twin arm front suspension instead of McPherson strut, which you'd have on the um, early Fords. But again, that was so they, they put a steering box on rather than rack and pinion steering because four-wheel drive, a rack and pinion steering will pull the steering out of your hands if you mm. use the rock. A steering box can't. It, it'll still give you more control. You can drive over things rather than be influenced by the terrain. But yeah, they just... Of the one I'm pulling to bits at the minute, nothing snapped. Everything's... It, there's some lovely things I found on it as well when I got the engine out and taken off the front suspension. What's the engine based on? Is it the Fiat engine? It's, it's, uh, it's a chain-driven, yeah. It's the, it's the... Again, it's just influenced. It's the chain-driven overhead cam, 1600, simple as you like. Mechanical fuel pump bolts on the side, which is run off the distributor drive, and oil pumps run off the same drive. Just, again, you could... Pr- just fix it anywhere as long as you kept good oil in it as long as you get water in it to cool it it just I, forever <laughs> it just go forever and ever and ever and ever and this one I've pulled to bits I've got the engine out at the minute I've got all the I've re- read on the pistons I've, I'm putting it back together so it'll run forever again yeah but I just and it's only done it's been stored the reason I bought the first one I've been looking for one for a while and this one's been it's a 1993 it's been stored since 2001 so it's last 18 years when I bought it. It's been stored. That one, that 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 Reaver that I've just bought, that had been stored since '99. Weird. I don't. Yeah. Pe- somebody somebody taken it into this garage. Yeah. And they'd bought new wings, new front valance, yeah. new bonnet, various new um, and jacking points. They had a kit, yeah. and it was just to re- to replace the jacking points. And then left it there since 1999. It's only done, the, the one I've got, it's only done 12,000 miles from new. Well, it did 1,000 miles a year. Yeah. And then got. And then stopped. And then s- stopped 20 years ago. Well, the one I bought, the original one I bought, the cream one, the new um, the new one, the first one I bought. The second one I bought at Glastonbury, the red one. <laughs> What's drunk? <laughs> by pure coincidence, bought it off the same guy. Really? Bought them both off the same guy without even knowing. Didn't even see his username or anything like that. Bought it the same guy. Got it brought up. And then got I it. sold some wheels the other week yeah. and had a conversation on the phone, some Ross-style wheels yeah. for yeah, yeah. MG, whatever, and had a conversation on the phone with this guy who won them on eBay. And he said, yeah, yeah, mate, I'll come and get them. When shall I come and get them? And then I said, right, okay, I'll come tomorrow. I'll meet you at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So I'm there at my garage, and then my mate pulls up in his, car, in his escort, gets out yeah. of his escort. All right, Steve. And he gets, he gets out of his escort. He goes, all right, Steve. Uh, and I go... Uh-huh. It took us about five minutes to realise that he'd come to buy the wheels. Yeah. I thought he'd just come to see me. Yeah. But didn't have the... Well, it's a coincidence, but it's not that much of a coincidence. Because we were thinking, this is freaky. Yeah, yeah. Because we hadn't realised that it the, was the, that he, he was, was, he was the yeah, buyer yeah. and I was the seller. Yeah. But you think, oh, that's a coincidence. But it's not that much of a coincidence that you bought the two larders off the same guy. Because if he bought one larder, yeah. then surely he was a prime candidate to buy another. Well, I only knew that... I didn't. I didn't even make the connection after I bought it. It was only when he rang me up when we were doing the because the second one I bought, they changed the rules on eBay and you couldn't pay by. How couldn't you couldn't pay by PayPal? I think you have to do a bank transfer now. You right. can't use any sort of money services. Um, so he rang me up and said, "Oh, the, the guy's here to collect it, the recovery yeah. lad, but you've not paid." I said, "Oh no, I've done. You've done." He said, "No, you've got to bank transfer it now." I said, "Right, fair enough." So I went on to the bank transfer. And he went, "What have you done with the cream one?" I, I, what? Yeah, it said, uh, oh, right. And he went, oh, you bought the cream one. I've got another. And I went, I'm hanging up. I don't want, to, I don't want, I don't want three. So oh, no, no, no. He's got another one. He's got another one. He's got another one. And he's had all three of them. Sat in the thing. And the, the one that I bought, the second one, is... Hold on. Yeah. He'd not bought them 
and put them aside thinking they were going to become insanely valuable. I don't think... I don't... I think he... I think he bought them as a job lot in a building clearance or a garage clearance or, a, you know, that. So someone else might have done that. I might have heard fancy for him and yeah. bought a few over the years and just parts them up yeah. or somebody got another one or something along those lines. I don't think he was the... He was very interested in what I wanted to do. Why... why who this person was that had bought to and possibly could saddle with another. <laughs> but yeah, I just, well, not that I sit here saddle, but I think he did. Um, but yeah, 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 they're just, I just, yeah, they're just great. They're just, they are like the, they're just so simply put together. Well, we were, we were talking to me, people yeah. mustn't think that we're not interested in modern vehicles and we don't appreciate the sophistication. No. I mean, like I said, Paul drives a, his daily driver is a very uh, nice BMW with, every imaginable modern convenience and every ounce of technology built into it its construction and a fantastic car to drive but we were talking about the original fiat panda uh, the other week yes yeah. and and the beauty of its simplicity and and you know both remarking yeah. the two of us that we're talking about how if you go back to italy you sometimes see them yeah and you don't see them at classic car shows you see them going about their business, yeah, being absolutely. used as a utility yeah. vehicle, 35, 40 yeah. years on from when they were first made. And, and for me, um, there's something about that. There's something about a vehicle that's that's built for basic utility, designed and built for... And still doing that job. For work. Yeah. And he's still, and still doing, doing that, that job. job. Yeah, 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 still to this day doing that job. Well, there are two lads... Um, when we went, there was the... I can't think of his name. They had the Panda 4 before with them. Oh, yeah, there was two guys in a Panda 4 before. One of them was a ex-US Marine and his public schoolboy friend. They were, they were cracking pair of lads. I remember at the side of the road fixing the fan for them. The fan had brought some hardware right. the fan. Yeah. The off hard in Marrakesh, wasn't yes. that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But we'd see them. We'd be sort of travelling down the... Even in Len, because we had we travelled down with uh, three other cars, so we'd be in this convoy all the time and... We were capable, the other three weren't as capable. But we'd be driving down sort of the hard pack of the... Even though there was no road, there'd be a, a definite path at most points through the desert. And you just see this 4 before pass us, bouncing over... Things. In the about, dunes? Yeah, in the dunes. <laughs> a quarter of a mile over, you just see the top of it. And it's I, like, that's just... I worried about those guys. Yeah, yeah, they, weren't, they, yeah they, were, they were absolutely winging it, yeah. Until the point where we were at one of the crossings, one of the border crossings, and there was another lad and Eva, and the... The window had dropped down. Not travelling with us, just a French registered land and Eva. And the bloke was like, Oh, can you can have a look at my window? So I pulled his door panel off and look, and it was all cables and the cable had snapped. So there's nothing really he could do with that bar from yeah. prop it up. And he came out, Dan, I think he was called, the, the US Marine bloke. And he pulled out this Rambo esque knife and picked up a bit of a stick and went, I said, We could do with propping it. And he went, How long do you know? And I went, no, about from there to there. And he hit it with chopped it in one shoved it in under the window wedged it and it was perfect he was absolutely just like I've lined I aside there we go mm. and propped this window I sort of looked at him and thought well I wouldn't mess with you you seem to know how to work that knife quite well so I think you'll be <laughs> alright in the desert we've talked about um, the sort of Ewan and Charlie effect before on this show and and their long way round and all that sort of yes, thing yes yeah yeah in the bike world yeah. um, sparked a whole slew a whole a whole generation of, of middle-aged, mainly young yep. middle-aged guys, um, decided that all of a sudden they were going to stop being a quantity surveyor or a dentist and set, or, off. <laughs> and set off around the world, largely on a BMW GS, which, of course, was not the perfect uh, bike to do that sort of thing because they are, for a lot of people... I mean, some people can ride those bikes. You watch Paris-Dakar footage yeah. and you see, like, Stefan, somebody or other, or Thierry, whoever it is, yeah. and he's stood on the foot pegs going flat out across the sand. Yeah. That's a skill. Most people can't yeah, do that. No. And no, shouldn't. No, they no, should no, have no, a lighter, more manageable motorcycle. Yeah. But you and Charlie went on the BMW GSs. They made it, I think, for a while, the best-selling motorcycle in the UK. Really? Or, okay. or the yeah. sort of commuter 125 yeah. was the BMW GS and we were there not quite at the start but very close to the yeah, start yeah, of, of the whole banger rally phenomena yes. where if you go online now you go onto any sort of social media yeah. there are umpteen people saying you know Mongol rally we can rust to, rust to Rome yeah. or maestros to Moscow and there's yeah. all sorts of <laughs> there is, there is. <laughs> But like the, I looked but at one why, afterwards. Yeah, sorry. But I'm, I'm, no, no, not at all, Paul. I'm just, I, mean, I was just going to ask you, why? I mean, I think I know the answer. We're going to ask you, wh wh why? Well, until I did it, and I did it again two years after. Took a not a Volkswagen Caddy van, 
but with a, f- a fridge in the back and we really sort of looked at it as creature comforts rather than think and it sh- I shouldn't really gone back because it was more a the first one was the adventure we did not know what was around no every corner it was like every day was just what are we going to see today this is just the most for me the most exciting thing I'd done at that point I was 32 years old I'd been to Ireland on holiday every year as a kid I'd done the Ibiza with the lads in the 90s I'd done you know I'd done the, the Spanish holidays yeah. but I hadn't done there was no I'd, no adventure you know driven up and down Britain that was about the far, as far as my adventure went but every day was what we're going to see? What what madness is just going on for? And it was every single day. We saw something. We saw I had some a gun madness. pulled on me. It was just it <laughs> you was, nearly drowned. Yeah. Oh God, I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll go, never forget that. There goes fifteen grand. Fifteen grand of counselling. No, yeah. I'm joking. That was. Um, oh, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. That was. I remember you lying on your back on the beach yeah. with people pounding on your chest, and like in a movie or a TV show, a spume of sea salt water coming out of your mouth, and you, you having previously been lying there with your eyes rolled back in your head, going plur, 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 like coming back to life. I've never been so relieved in my entire life. It was for a mo- anything. It was a moment. It was a moment. It was a moment. But yeah. like you say, it was. I think I've asked you the question, and yeah. then then we both answered it. Adventure. People yeah. people want adventure. They don't want adventure. They don't want to look at adventure on a movie screen and no. see other people having adventures. They don't want to turn on TV programmes and just see film stars having adventures. Yeah. They want to have an adventure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. why shouldn't they? Absolutely. It's there. It's, it... and, and, and it's really the rise of the banger yeah. that's made that possible, isn't it? The rise of... When I say the banger, I mean... A car costing a few hundred pounds that's capable of being driven for thousands of miles. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's a fairly recent phenomenon, isn't it? Mid, mid 2000, well, early 2000, wasn't it? Well, it, it's really when I think, mm. and, and, and let's see whether you agree, I think it's when cars with galvanised chassis got to 10 years old. Because cars that previously got to 10 years old were completely knackered yeah, and, and yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't have got a supportsmith. Well, if you go to any scrapyard around Great Britain these days, they look like car showrooms because <laughs> yeah. electronics is the new corrosion. They end up there because some... That's little, a great one. I'm going to borrow that. Electronics is the new corrosion. It, it is. It's the, the little silver box with the little 40 pins on it, your little ECU, that if it ever goes wrong, they go, two and a half grand to fix that. And the majority of people go, well, I'll put that two and a half grand towards... A new car rather than spending it on my five, six, seven, eight year old car. And it's even that you just go in and it's like you look around and they're just shiny, like you say, galvanized chassis. So there's no rust, there's no, <clears throat> they just look like new cars on stacks all around the place. And they're all lovely racked these days. It's not the old dirty climbing on top of a dangerous yeah, pile, four yeah. cars high, the whole thing swaying. Yeah, not that <laughs> it does, yeah, forklift trucks going on, picking things down so you can, you conveniently take stuff off. Um, but it is, it's, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, though. I hadn't even thought of that. The, the the cars lasting longer as a usable entity, but people still changing them because the the fashions there and people want to keep. Yeah. You know, people change cars because they change cars, not necessarily because they're broken. The majority of people change them because they fancy a new car. Well, it's like you said. You know, electronics is the new corrosion. Yeah. Once upon a time, it was cam belts, wasn't yeah, it? Absolutely, cam belts. Cam belts were the new corrosion. If you bought an Alfa Romeo, it'd get to ten years old and bang the cam cam belt a go completely lunch yeah. the engine and so you'd see the car the car would look great yeah, like yeah, not yeah. a speck of rust on it yeah. you'd think oh it's it's yeah, junk just, yeah but like my dad used to say the when he started as a mechanic after five six seven thousand miles engines were being fully rebuilt yeah just because they weren't made to the standards that they are so, you know the engines the cars today are just the engines themselves are phenomenal it's everything that's bolted onto them. your electronics and your, your wiring looms and just everything's now Either load of my dad's old cars, old Mercedes, yeah. that have timing chains that haven't that are the same as they were when the timing chains rattle these days. They wear out now. A lot of it's down to people putting the wrong oils in, nothing. But they are engines are genuine, built in obsolescence, engineered obsolescence. They're made to, they're not made as long as they can make it out their three year warranty period. I think a lot of manufacturers are quite happy with that that they that they don't get saddled with a bill for whatever. That if it goes wrong, well, consumers' problem now. And they've generally passed into second, third owner then anyway, so there's no go back to the main dealer. But yeah, they're just they're just they're not made to that same. But the, on each journey that I well the two thousand and four one when we set off, it was the array of cars, just the different. It wasn't like everyone had gone. Well, we have to use these because these are the car that will do the journey. Every there were Toyota, 
Carinas, there were Mitsubishi Shoguns. Well, the Mitsubishi Shogun snapped its chassis. Mm. That was that was tied together with a bit of three by two and a couple of ratchet straps. Um, and there was just there was just different, and everything sort of made it. There were, I can't can't think of anything. No, it was the second second time I went back. There was a Renault. Five van, a Renault, was it a Renault five van. Yeah, <laughs> were, they Renault, what, were they called? No, it wasn't. It was a Renault five base van. I can't think of the actual name of the van, but that that broke down. I think that did its Campbell. Oh well, the Mini had to turn back on the first one. Do you remember? That, that actually proves the point, doesn't it? There was an original sixties Mini with, yeah. with two women in it. Yeah, and it, and yeah, it had yeah, to yeah, turn yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah you yeah, just remember yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, but. The majority, well, the vast majority of cars actually made it down and did what they were meant to do. They made it to the charity auction. The money was put back into it. Len actually ended up the our original ladder. I, when I went back two years later, we found it, yeah. and it was by pure chance. We'd, at the end, because here was it. the thing: we because we should make a serious yeah. point here. We found a a, a Russian built four wheel yeah. drive vehicle, yeah. which was bought in the UK because it was one of the cheapest cars you could buy. Yeah. Um, it had been it, it had got to sort of 10, 12 years old it had been abandoned at roadside nobody wanted it anymore yeah. we rebuilt it you rebuilt it I say we rebuilt it you rebuilt it largely in your garage we drove it 4,000 miles and we sold it for what 1,500 quid or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that yeah it made good money in, in a country worth 1,500 Gambia at the, you know 1,500 quid Hell of a lot of money. We didn't get that money, by the way. No. That, all of that money went to, to the charity the there. the second highest price in the auction, I think. Well, I'll never forget driving, after we'd gone all that way, yeah. driving into Banjul in the Gambia, yeah. the former British colony there. It's a very unusually shaped country. It goes along the Gambia River, um, and it was largely occupied for strategic reasons yeah. back in the days of empire. But it's in that part of the world, it's, it's a very rare thing, an English-speaking um, yeah. country. It's mainly sort of French-Spanish in that part of the world, Portuguese in that part of the world. And um, going into Banjul and seeing Larder and the ship, yes. the yes. sign of, of Larder cars, the ship, the sailing ship, on the side of a building. So obviously we knew that they'd been there originally. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, we're coming back to what we were talking about in utility. People didn't look at that vehicle that we'd taken down there and see a beaten up old joke of a Russian car no. they saw a tool to do a job yes. and that tool to do a job had a value yeah. and the value of it was recognised there whereas in Britain very few people were ready to recognise the it value was, of it it was but, worthless. But there was the snobbery as well of cars wasn't there? it was the larder and the scolders and the did but like it was it actually ended up being um, it was bought by the Gambian National Olympic Committee <laughs> and they had two vehicles when we, we did the when we went back the second time we did a sort of bit of a drive to the um, Gambian the, the National Olympic Stadium and pulled up in the car park we'd done the same myself and yourself we went they put on Jewel Brew the uh, Jewel Brew the, Jewel local, Brew, the local the local, local, local uh, nice beverage of choice um and a couple of speeches from a few people that had organised it one thing or another in the uh, Society for the Blind there was a small business enterprise fund that money went into and they you know a few things going on I sort of looked across the car park and thought that's Len that's Len <laughs> and I thought it is and then as I'm walking over I'm thinking it can't be it, can just, <laughs> it just it cannot be and as I got closer, there was a national breakdown sticker on the rear windscreen. That was upside, upside down. down. Exactly. That. It was yeah, upside yeah, yeah, down. Exactly, on the left hand yeah, yeah. corner. And you sent me that picture, and the recognition yeah. was like, oh, oh he's yes, late. Well, that was he's what and then, But even though I wouldn't let myself believe it was, it was the. And until I got, and the, the plate steel racks I'd put in for the jerry cans in the back were still in it. Yeah. And it was like, it was just, it was just, it was like. Isn't it odd how we have formed these emotional attachments to an inanimate object, a vehicle, yeah. whether it's a car, a motorcycle? I can't think of too many other things. I don't no. know if people get emotionally attached to TV sets or fridges or. No, no, I think it's something you get in or get on, isn't it? It has to be yeah. something that mo literally yeah, moves yeah, yeah, you, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, a bicycle, yeah. a motorbike, a car, a truck, a bus. I mean, I know, I'm talking to a guy earlier today who restores buses. Yeah. And I said to him, I can't think that you have. And he said, yeah, he said, it's the same, Steve. He said, it's like this bus that he's restoring. He said, I remember travelling on versions of this bus yeah. as a boy every day to school. Yeah. And I thought, right, I get it. Well, so we formed an attachment to that vehicle as it took us through that challenging landscape. I mean, I remember being, at one point, we were, there were just the two of us in the larder. For some reason, we weren't with other people. And we were in the landscape, and we just stopped and got out of the vehicle. 
and there was literally nothing yeah. in 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 the landscape except us. There was just flat, hard packed sand. Yeah. Not like desert as people think of like, you know, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just flat, yeah. hard packed desert. Nothing to the north, yeah. nothing to the south, nothing to the east or west. Just us and that vehicle. And you think it's it's not hard to understand how you'd form an emotional attachment to the machine yeah. that is going to get you out of that dangerous, <laughs> even awe-inspiring landscape. Even back to childhood holidays, we used to go to Ireland two weeks every summer, religiously. That's what we're doing. We're going to Ireland. Back to mum and dad came over from Ireland in the late 60s. So we go back to the family homes and everything else. And every one of them journeys, it's like, well, what year was it? You know, you go, well, what car were we in? Oh, well, we're right. in the, we're in yeah. the Green Granada. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that'll be 1978. Mm. You know, and it'd always be... The car was a big part of the journey. Four of us kids rattling around on the back seat. No, no child restraints, no child seats, nothing else. Mum and Dad in the front, tape of the... Top of the pop sits on, and off we go. And I remember that Green Granada... It automatic. You had a tape player in your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you must yeah. have been. Oh, yeah, you eight tracks and everything. You yeah, yeah. posh. Well, you had a garage, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the gear stick on the automatic Mark II Granada was a T chrome T uh, stick that came up with a black handle on top. Yeah, and it had a button that you had to press to take it out of park on the right hand side. The left hand side had the same button, but it was solid, so you can put. And that's what taught me left from right. That the right hand button was the right one to press because right. it moved, and that's what took it yeah. out again. This isn't like whatever age, very well, yeah, young enough to be learning me rights from me left. But it is that car. The car, I don't know whether it is for everyone. I think, well, well, it is for a lot of people, yeah. Paul. I mean, now you're saying that, I'm thinking about our mini countrymen, yeah, that had a wooden frame, yeah, like, yeah, the, like a Morris Traveller, Traveller, remember? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, and Twin thinking doors on the back, yeah, the same little, and me thinking. A car shouldn't be made of wood. Why is our car made of wood? Yeah. No one else's car is made of wood. Of course, the car wasn't made of wood. It was just, just a bit trimmed of, on the just outside. Just a bit of fun on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but, so. but of character. And but, that sort of disappeared as well, hasn't it? But There's no... Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think the character in cars had gone. I don't know. I think, I think at the high end, you've got... Especially the UK. I think the, the UK, and particularly... And the States now as well. Cars with character are coming back. You know, you look at Detroit in yeah. sort of the dying days of, of internal combustion, as I suppose we're in now, yeah. and yet they're producing these fantastic cars like the new mid-engine Corvette and the new Mustang and the Camaro and all that, and this, they're saying to people, would you like 800 horsepower? Yeah. And people are like, no, oh, I suppose it costs cost a quarter of a million dollars. No, it's 60,000. Right. People go, really? Yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. you know, for years they sort of traded on the muscle cars of the 60s and 70s, didn't they? Yeah. I had, uh, I don't know if you remember me having it, I had uh, a Mustang 2. Yeah, sorry about that. I had a Mustang 2, right. and it was somebody starskin hutched it. It was red with a, somebody put a white stripe. Okay. We both know, yeah. and we all know that the car in starskin hutched was Grand Torino. Yes. We don't think it was a Mustang. Even though we're British, we, yeah, we yeah, know we it was Grand Torino. Yeah, yeah. But somebody had put the white stripe on it, yeah. and it had a five-litre V8 in it. Right. Slowest car I've ever had. Right. But they were going, hey, yeah, aren't these... Gr-? You know, it was all it was all show and no go. Yes. Yeah. But now it seems that Detroit's gone, yeah, let's just give let, people... Let's, let's, just, let's give people sexy-looking cars that go really fast, but let's make them affordable. I had one in, I had the a Corvette, and I wouldn't know what... I'm not big up on my Americana, but the... Whatever model it was, and I put a picture, like I say, on Instagram, just the, the front headlamp looking down the side, just a bit of a snapshot. And the amount of people that are Italian, it's got to be this, it's got to be that, it's got to be this. So they are, they've got... Hold on. Yeah. Who was the person who knew it was a Corvette? It was you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else got it wrong. And, yeah, and, and I'm guessing you sat up there for about a day going, I'll let them carry on. No one, no one will get it. No one will just, Yeah, there you go. But it was a lovely car. Lovely sound, lovely drive. Yeah, that's... Yeah, but still... The, the, the character for me was them little quirky things, a wooden back where you, mm. you know, the, mm. well, why not, was the thing. You know, that, well, let's do that, let's... And well, don't, don't, we sort of met, because you had a Carmen gear in, yes. and I was yeah, driving yeah, past yeah, your garage, yeah, that's yeah. how we met. Yes. I was driving past your garage in my <coughs> brand new Jeep Cherokee, whatever mm. it was, and I thought, oh, look at Carmen gear. Yeah. And I was looking at it, and you were looking at me, and I was on the TV, and blah, 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 yeah. and then, but I thought, oh, what an interesting car. And then, of course, your dad always had interesting cars yes, and interesting yeah, yeah. vans yeah. and, like, you know, all that sort of stuff. So all vehicles with character. So 15 years ago, we went to Africa, 4,000 miles in a Lada Neva. 
how the hell do we end up 15 years on with us owning three larders between us? Again, back to the collective term for larders, the, the insanity, an insanity of larders. Well, hold on a sec. One of the things that we yep. both noticed because of the way that the world works now and the way that like car enthusiasm or enthusiasm for anything works yep. is that we're both on social media and we're, me- we're members because I see, I see you looking at stuff or liking stuff yep. that's larder related. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and much of it is obviously back in the mother country. It's back in Russia. Yes. Yeah. And it's young people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's young people, people in their 20s, and they are modifying the living hell out of these larders, putting in Subaru engines, yes, yeah, V8s, yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff, slamming them on the floor, crazy paint jobs. But I think people making pop videos that have got larders yeah, in yeah, them. Yeah. All lard for some reason. And, and here's the thing. Yeah. The cars stopped being made before they were born, yeah. these kids. But I th- it's heritage, isn't it? Because a lot of them have been taken. But do they? To, here's the thing, Paul. Yeah. Do they not associate that with? They probably don't. I've just answered my own question again. I was going to say a lot of older yeah. people who lived in the east must associate that with austerity, hardship, oppression. You know, it's like here's something from those days when you had to queue for bread and all that carry on. Yeah. And yet the kids have turned it into a cult object. But. It's the, it is the austerity thing. It's not being able to afford it. A friend of my dad's from Ireland was over, and we were out looking at dad's cars. And at the time, he had a Daimler DB18 sat there, 1954 DB. Lovely car, but I just couldn't, I, at the time, didn't understand it. I was like, why did he? Jimmy, why does he mess around with these cars? And he said, what you need to realise, that your dad was born in the early 40s. And in 1956, so he'll have been 14, 15, 16 years old, one of these drove up through the town and at the time it was like watching the space shuttle drive through this little rural village in western Ireland where people were still donkeys and carts were still knocking around you know there was it was there were very few people with cars when he saw this it's the equivalent of my dad owning a space shuttle that was the how he saw it he afforded something they never in a million years as a young boy in Ireland with very little seeing this car and never loving cars, but never ever thinking that he could ever own one and own several other lovely cars. Oh, your dad had some fantastic cars. Our Mercedes. Uh, oh. Paul's, me and Paul's dad, Tony, had our Mercedes W116s yes. on the front cover of Mercedes Enthusiast yes. magazine. Yes. I haven't got mine now, but uh, you've got your yeah, dad's 280 SE. Magazine sat on the back, uh, back seat. It's covered up in the unit. It's just your dad. Corner, yeah. Your dad was meticulous yes. yeah. about his cars. It was. They were utter perfection. I'm not saying better than Mercedes made them because that is the golden era yes, of Mercedes yeah, yeah, for, me, for me and yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, the 116, the Panzerwagen, yeah. as it was known yeah. uh, at the factory, because it was so substantially built. What a great car. And I think none the worse for having the straight six. I mean, I had no. the V8, and that was quite a bit more weight in the front of it. I think your dad's car, the 280 with the six, might have driven better than my car. I pulled it out the other year. Last year, year before, for a friend's sister's, where a friend's sister was, can you, we're doing it, we're getting married on a budget, could you, is there any chance you could get a car? And I put, as you are in the motor trade, you you can get your hands on pretty much every, anything. And it was to take her from the church to the reception or pick her up at the house. And anyway, um, I was sending a picture of this, sending a picture of the other, sending a picture of this, and she spotted the brown Merc, Havana Brown, on, um, it is. on my Instagram account. I said, whose is this? I said, well, that's the easy one, that. That's it's my mine. Car. I yeah, can, yeah. You know, I can pull that out, quick wash, and off we go. Key, and so it started, pulled it out, washed it, changed the oil, taxed it, because it wasn't taxed, drove it to... And it, drove, it drives as nice today. as it. Back to the thing of, they don't make money, which is, you know... Yeah, but why would they? Here's the thing, I've made this point before, I've yeah. thought a lot about this. Why would a car maker want to make a car as well as that W116? Yeah. It, it makes no, no economical no, no. sense no. whatsoever. Because people say, oh, yeah, that's the last one designed by engineers. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't let engineers design motor cars, but you should also have an accountant in the room who says, hold on a minute, guys. <laughs> what are we going to do in 30 years' time when that thing's still going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's changing cars, yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely... Yeah. It's romantic that it's... The, yeah. But they just... They've gone a bit too far the other way, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're just making them a little bit too badly. It's all, yeah. So, how long is it since you got your, your latest larder? My, uh, May, May this year. 
April, May, late April, early May this year. And I, I saw it when you when you it was dragged back from Essex, yes. and you started work on it straight yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. And it is it's weekends and little bits here and there. I've not done much since sort of October this year, just because one thing or another, cold nights, and you know just can't be bothered. Too busy at work, one thing or another. But I'm getting back into it now. Once the how do you how do you find the enthusiasm to work on that car when you've been working on other cars all day? It, it, it must be, it must be quite different. It's to- a completely different entity. And during my work day, I get there at seven o'clock, half seven in the morning, and I'm there till half five, six o'clock at night, and I never go into the unit. Never ever go into the unit. I never unlock that Dangerous. door. Dangerous. Never unlock that door because I've got work to do. I've got you know, I've, yeah. got, I've got bills to pay. As every other business. Has. You, you are, your garage is busy. Whenever yeah. I come to see you, it's like oh, it's <laughs> you're, a, it's a you're, you're on the phone. You've yeah. got a <clears throat> spanner in one hand, a cup of tea in the other. The <laughs> but it, there has to be a discipline. But I do. I really enjoy it. And it's little things like as I started saying before the pulling the each. There's such a lovely, well-put-together thing that it's a joy to work on anyway. I have got the history with it. I do really like the vehicle. And pulling the front um, subframe off, the also front suspension, inside the subframe, where it bolts onto the actual body of the car, when I got it down, there was a nut that had fallen in manufacture into the wax oil on top of the chassis leg, on top of the body mm. leg. And it was just sat there. And it's still there now. I'm going to get the front sandblasting. We're going to try and keep that bit with this ball. That someone in 1992, when putting that car together, dropped a nut and went, oh. <laughs> well, well, I can't. Where's my magnet? Oh, I'll just get another nut and put another one on. Yeah. And the same in the back. I was doing the, uh, taking the rear lamps off. And one of the nuts was missing off the rear lamps. Four nuts, four, four or six nuts holding the rear lamps on. One of them was missing. So everything that's coming off is going into envelopes and being marked up and putting a, put a tray so I know where it all goes when it goes back. And the other day I had to take the tank out. So I went in to take the tank out, all the carpets, back seats, interior out, everything else. As I lifted the rear seat and the sort of soundproofing that lies over the mm. the rear floor, again, the little eight mile note was just, un- well, it dropped. And oh, I'll just get another one and put it on. But them little things are just like the, that it was, that you know it was someone that did that, not so, not a machine, not a, that, it was, that someone actually, and, it was Ivan. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be asked picking it up. Jordi, where one. is my magnet? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It's got, yeah. But it was, uh, so here's the thing. I know yeah. that you... Sorry about that. Terrible. That's shot. Right, yeah. Dreadful. Um, I, I know, and we've talked about it, you've yeah. got a, a history with VWs, yes. with the air-cooled VWs. Yeah. We talked about the Carmen Gear. Yeah. I, you know, I had a Carmen Gear convertible earlier this year, and um, I drove it. It's the vehicle I've owned for the shortest amount of time and driven... The, the shortest distance I drove it out of the garage and onto the back of a law loader yeah. put something on social media and somebody bought it off me I sent it instead of going back to where to I house. keep my stuff yeah. it went to somebody else because somebody straight away went I want that how much so I thought of a figure mm. that would frighten him off and he said yeah <laughs> so I just went yeah okay but what I'm saying is you could be spending those cold nights on your own in that unit mm. working on a VW and then get your money back at the end of it because people would be paying you yeah no no you know if you were if you were working on a Carmen gear convertible you'd probably get your money back you're not going to get your money back on that larder so why are you doing it i have no real interest in restoring that was my dad's back dad loved it was he loved like you say he just loved pulling things to bits he was no, he had no real interest in the body he was he was all about the engine and the gearbox and the transfer it just had to be every car and there's a few in the unit now that that he unfortunately didn't get to finish um that are still sat there, but they all run and they all drive. Mm. And no matter what state of disrepair mm. the body's in, you can stick the key into them, put a battery on, turn the key, and it will start. And that was his thing. Everything ran. Everything was the engines were the first thing. Yeah. What it looked like on the outside wasn't bothered. Now I, as a kid being dragged around classic classic car shows, I had that enthusiasm for the classic cars kicked out of me. Because <laughs> I was a young kid, I had no interest. I think my son's the same. Yeah, I just want to you see know my boy. tree. All my pals yeah. were out climbing trees <laughs> and making dens and chasing girls. And I was, oh, going on another, another row of MGs, right. But it was, I'd also always seen Dad do that. And I think, as my father's son, I should have wanted me. And I think it's, it's not the, I'm not looking at, I, I'm not into restoring cars, but the louder, like we say, it, it you're not into restoring me. cars. You're restoring too, Paul. No, but it 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 did something. I'm not only restoring it. I'm, yeah. It's it's going to be my forever car. It's going to be. I love going to the Lake District and walking. Love going to Wales and walking. I, love, I've, I've, I shouldn't have done, but I have. We have a family get together at Easter every year out at the house in Ireland, and 
I've uh, maybe foolishly said that I'm going and it's in bits. There's there's it's as far stripped as it could be. I've got to get a sandblaster in now to get the sandblaster done. I've got to get doors and bootlids and bonnets dipped and primed and and you don't want anybody else to be putting it back together no, do you no one's allowed to. You, no, why? no one's no. allowed to how no. dare you get your hands <laughs> off my vehicle don't you no, touch my lard yeah you've got to do everything 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 i get it it's like me and, on, yeah you know when me and guy went to europe in the austin yes yeah 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 we had to there, there were things there was a point where i wasn't going to get in the car as it pulled out of a garage yeah and I was going to get in it on the road, and it can't have been more than 30 yards. Yeah. But I insisted of on being it. in the yeah, car for that 30 and yards. I get that. Because yeah. I, we, I had to be in the car for the whole, the whole journey. The whole journey. Yeah. The whole 3,000 miles. Oh, if I missed out 30 yards, it would haunt me forever. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, and it is, it, this, the BMW, the BM, modern cars will come and go in my life. But Landmark 2 is I even stupidly went on and bought a registration plate for it last night and it's gone the original was L23 BFE BFE big friendly vehicle I've bought L3 BFE wow off the deep <laughs> and I've already thought I'm just going to get a tiny little two and just put it in between the L and the three just to make it just to there's the nod towards the what is it with middle aged men we're know. crazy we're mad know, a, yeah. but it's I've sort of got the time, I've got the tools, I've got the, a, a garage, I've got, you know. So I know you know. I know that your first restoration of the of the, the two that you've got now yeah. is a non-standard colour. Is it Nardo grey? Is it? No, 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 I'm not. This this was another thing. Um, I was going to change the colour to the, but then you look around and everything's Nardo grey. It it's a lovely. I think it's quite a. Um, no, mil- this is the thing. Right? No, it's going. It's no, going, you stop right now because okay. here's the thing. Yeah. You were going to have one non-standard thing on the car, the yeah, colour. Yeah. No, I bet great. you've gone for standard and larder colour. It's going back in its original colour. It's going back in its original yeah. colour. White. Yeah, I had a discussion with a pal of mine. We were up in the Lake District in summer. And myself and Ben were sat down. With, he's very much into his cars and his bikes and everything else. And it was... It, and it was... He only sort of reinforced. What I, what I knew already, that it, there's only two choices of colour on that. The new one. Red and white. Yeah. It goes in lighter colour. <laughs> it goes in larder length, or it goes back in its original colour. So and I'm crazy. looking at it. it the The original colour is it's not len. Can yeah. never be len. No, it can never be. You len. know, but it can be a new landmark too. And yeah. that it's it's a lovely colour. It's a lovely cream. I don't actually know the paint colour. I need to find that out. But it will go back, and I'm going to paint it in Dupont paint, so a good quality paint. So yeah, nice, so you know, you, you, you're doing that thing that you are... I saw yeah. um, a man. I went to his, his garage, and he has a fantastic collection. It's here in the northwest. I'm not going to be any more specific than that. The cars in there would blow your mind. Yes, there's a Veyron in there. Yes, there's a Huracan in there. Yes, there's a D-Type Jaguar in there. But the one that caught my eye on the end was an MG Midget. Right, okay. But restored to a condition... Was so far <laughs> past how it was originally. Yeah. The quality of the yeah. chrome plate yeah. was su- it was Pebble Beach quality. Yeah. It was like if you'd seen Ralph Lauren's Bugatti or Delahaye on the lawn at Pebble Beach, it might not have been as good as this MG Midget. It was it was hilarious to see one done to that standard. So you're keeping it standard, but just making a few. Yeah, just improvements. Like everything, miles better paint, yeah. miles better chrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, everything's it's weird. Everything or nearly everything is available still for him because from, from Russia. Yeah, ladder power in Russia. Ladder power. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a yeah. a website bloke called Pavel, lovely bloke. He, he sent me. He's got everything. everything. If you've got a Reva or a Neva, if you've got the three box saloon like yeah. I've got, or yeah. you've got the the four before, whatever Every it's called, because yeah. it was sold under so many different names, wasn't it? Cossack, Kosan, Neva. Yeah. I was looking at my Wikipedia the other night, just all the different names, and like the job I think was my favourite in Italy. It was the larder job because it'd do a job. It was just a. Isn't it weird in a way that at the height of the Cold War we were buying Russian cars? Mm. But I think that again, it's back to same with my dad with the deep, uh, the Daimler DB18 that he had, and the young kids in Russia now doing up. I think a lot of people will have seen them. They were mass-produced in, you know, mm. they, they were produced at oh, yeah. phenomenal numbers in Russia. But the vast majority left the country. And to have to watch that as the 
the communist regime making money out of the, but them all disappearing and the odd one turn, you know. Dude, it's the same with it's the same with Japanese motorcycles. The Japanese had a had a uh, cap in Japan on motorcycles, nothing over seven fifty cc. Right. So all those nine hundred and thousand cc and eleven hundred and thirteen hundred that were being exported were built for Europe and the States. Right. Then, as soon as Japan's standard of living rises. They want Those them. middle-aged Japanese guys who read magazines yeah. and saw a Kawasaki Z1300 or a Honda CBX yeah. thought, right, I'm damn well going to have a yeah, yeah, bloody yeah, CBX yeah. and imported it from Poughkeepsie, Idaho, back to Hamamatsu, and, you know, started smoking around. It's, they it, wanted their, their larders heritage. back. Yeah, yeah, they wanted their, yeah, their larders back. The amount back. that go, I'm going to have to have a tracker on this thing when it's done and all sorts. I'm, I'm, I'm in fear of it already, just anyone... I saw, yeah. I saw somebody sent me, um, like, it was a... a absolutely brand fire new Russian pot video yeah. with this famous Russian rapper and all these sort of gorgeous chickaboos like shaking yeah. the thang if you're part of my youth speak yeah. and uh, in the background instead of Sizzador Lamborghinis and, and Paganis yeah. Larders but ladders customised absolutely out of sight fantastic paint jobs awesome wheels yeah. V8s and them, all sorts of stuff. The amount of hashtag Larder, hashtag Neva, hashtag 2121, hashtag that I follow on Instagram. And like you say, you're just scrolling through. Pictures are just... You couldn't imagine modifying a car more. It's more... That, the way, you don't even see that in England that much with... I can't think of a car that's done to the same level. We are very much, like you say, doing back to how they should have been. Hmm. Doing back, but there's, there's something there. They're all LED lights. They're all... Lower suspension, they're all blacked out windows, they're all fancy uh, fleck paint colours. There's just. And in 25 years' time, yep. those guys in Moscow, in Russia now, yep. that are dropping V8s into larders and getting the old stance on them and all that yep. and the, <laughs> all the fancy paint jobs, will be combing the internet looking for door cards, original door cards, original overmats, original... To put them back. To put them back yeah. to standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we spend our youth changing everything, and then in middle age, we want to put everything back, back like so, it yeah, was. No, yeah, do you know what? There's a lot in that, yeah. Dude, we, we, we threw away. I can't tell you, as a young guy, yeah. how many insanely valuable Lambretta parts and Vespa parts we put in skips. Because yeah. at one point, having festooned them with accessories, we decided that they'd look much better if we took off all the bodywork. Now, on a Lambretta, you can just unbolt it and yeah. throw it in a skip. Yeah. I remember throwing, this is going to make some people, you'd have to have very specialist knowledge, but some yeah. people will weep when they hear this. Unbolting the leg shields from an SX200 Lambretta yeah. and throwing them in a skip along with the side panels. If you wanted to buy that leg shield and side panel combination, no, thousands of pounds. On a, right. But we just, no, yeah. we didn't think. Yeah. Well, we better, no, put, yeah, we better yeah. put these to one side because yes. in 35 yeah, yeah, yeah. years' time, someone <laughs> might. We'll, yeah. we'll be desperate yeah, for these. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, hindsight's a great teacher, isn't it? We'd all have garages full of Mark II Escorts. God, the price of Mark II Escorts when you see them these days. The, Let's and not, they, well, they would they would change down for 150 quid. Yeah. And decent ones. Yeah. I remember a pal of mine bought a Harrier. Which was, you know, like the the, yeah. the Mark II Harrier, the yeah. blue stripe back. And I think it was about four hundred quid. Mm. And it was, it was a fast car. Then we knew they were fast cars. We knew they were good cars. We, you know, the great fun to drive, hanging the tail out, going around corners, all the rest of. That. But never in a million years did you think that car would ever be worth forty, forty-five, fifty grand. And it's just yeah. But here's the, I yeah. think here's the important thing. Your ladder's not going to be worth much. No, no, I know that. I know that. I've spent more on it now than it will ever be worth. Yes. Yeah. But you're not going to sell it, are you? No, no, that's for life. No, that's it. That's like the brown Merc. <laughs> that, that's my brown Merc. That's my, you know, that's the that's the forever car. Yeah, Because yeah. of all my dad's collection, I there's a few I'm going to shift on, and it's taken me, you know, over a year to sort of work out which ones are which. But the, there's, there's a brown Merc that's staying, cannot go anywhere. There's a Rover 110, cannot go anywhere. And there's a Bedford CA van. Uh, yeah, Bedford CA. And they can't... They, them three were his mm. absolute heart. So there's MGB... Well, the MGs have to stay as well. I have to do one of them for my sister. <laughs> um, apparently. Oh, yeah, the MGs yeah. has to stay yeah, as well. Yeah, the MGs has to stay as well. But there's, there's other Mercs. There's Pillarless Coops. There's... 90, I'm the old... I... 1935. Yeah, 1935. Yeah. Um, Morris 10 sat there in yeah. the corner. You know, there was no... As much as he liked them and... The, the, the Mercs were just his, but the Larder's mine, and I think I'm not 
Unfortunately, I don't know why Dad's attraction to the Merc was such, but he had more Mercs than anything else. I know why mine is Quality. the ladder. Because of our journey. Yeah. Because we did... Over, you can't do 4,000 miles in four weeks in a car and not have a... a and it get you there alive. The Spanish road. The Spanish road. <laughs> Come this way, gentlemen. Come this, no, 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 we won't go this way. We'll go this way. And they go wandering around at two in the morning in the minefield. Oh. Yeah. What's this? That's a mine. That's yeah, a yeah, Soviet that's, mine. Yeah, that's, get rid of yeah. it. Take it away. But, um, so I think you finish it and... It's. I don't think people. I don't think people realise that what it, what effect a car can have or a bike can have. Just the, the just getting you away. And we've talked about this on the show before. That just sort of to conclude this conversation. And um, one of the reasons that young people don't seem to engage as much with cars and particularly with motorbikes mm. as as perhaps my generation and yours, because you're quite a bit younger than me. Um, it's because they're not connected. Right. They're not connected. And, and I think young people, you only need to see them walking in the street completely absorbed in their device that they're holding at yeah, arm's length yeah, yeah. And, and almost like shuttered from everything that's going on in the world. And there's that desire to be constantly connected. But the point of when I get on my motorbike or you get in that larder or is to not be connected, yeah. is to leave everything else behind. Yeah. And to be in a place and in a space where you have to drive it because it won't drive itself, yeah. you have to you have to press on the accelerator, you have to operate the brake yeah. in a way that won't lock up all the wheels because it ain't going to... No, yeah, no, there's nothing. It ain't going to OBS. No, there's no power there's, steering. No, no, there's no power no. steering. There's nothing. No. You have to drive it. Yeah. So you have to be engaged with that yeah. machine. Yeah. And also, you can't make a phone call in one of those. If you go over 30 miles an hour, you, you can barely, you you can barely no, yourself no, think, no, never no. mind, speak. No. So it's get it's literally... A machine for getting you away yeah. from the rest of the world. But it's not even getting in it, it's seeing it. It's, when, I, when I do go out into the unit, it's sat there and it's on axle stands at the minute, there's no suspension on it, it's just the body, the doors are off, the windows are coming out this week. But it's just, it's just the... Oh, look at that. It's just that... I don't know. No, Maybe no. we should stop talking. I don't know. It's, it's been an absolute this. pleasure and delight to yeah, talk to you. <laughs> thank you, Steve. Thank you, thank you, thank no you. No worries. Cheers, mate. That's it from another edition of Steve's Speed Shop. Don't forget to join me next week and don't forget to tell your friends all about Speed Shop and where they can listen to it. <laughs>